Welcome back, True Crime Army. I am your host, Margot, and this is Military Murder, a show where I focus on crimes committed by military members and veterans. But don't worry, you don't have to know anything about the military to listen, I promise. You just have to be a true crime enthusiast, and if that's you, welcome home. Today's story is one that is still playing out in the courts of Colorado as we speak. And because the case has not yet been adjudicated, I do want to give my typical disclaimer that all suspects aren't innocent until proven guilty in court. This is the story of a real-life evil stepmother like I've never heard before. It all began in January 2020 with the report of a missing boy and ended right after the world shut down due to COVID-19 restrictions in March of that same year. Trigger warning, this case does involve violence towards children and the death of a child. Listener discretion is advised. Join me today as I tell you the tragic story of Gannon Stock. Now, let's dig in. I started really paying attention to this case in March of 2020 at the height of the media frenzy about Gannon out of Colorado Springs. If I'm being honest, I was really paying attention to Nancy's Grace's coverage and reporting by Lee Egan from Crime Online. To prepare for this episode, I relied on a 32-page arrest affidavit and other court filings, as well as press releases by the El Paso County Sheriff's Office and reporting by KRDO, KDVR, Fox 31 Denver, ABC 15 News, Fox 21 News, KOAA, Sun News, The Billings Gazette, The Daily Mail, and The Associated Press. In order to tell this story, I am going to walk you through this story in the same way that the sheriff first learned of the case and what was initially reported. Then I will take you behind the scenes, walking you through some of the police work that was going on in the background as reported in the arrest affidavit, and that will take you through a shocking arrest. On Monday, January 27th, 2020, at 6.55 p.m., Letitia Stock, a military spouse, called 911 to report her stepson, Gannon, missing. After she got on the line with the 911 dispatcher, she was given a different number to call, the non-emergency number. Letitia called the non-emergency number and reported that 11-year-old Gannon was supposed to be home by 6 p.m., but he never returned home. The dispatcher told Letitia that they would send someone to the house. In the meantime, Letitia just waited. Letitia was a military spouse and her husband, Eugene Al Stock, had just left the weekend prior on an assignment for the Colorado National Guard. Letitia was at home with her 8-year-old stepdaughter, Lena, and her 17-year-old daughter, Harley. A little after 10 p.m., deputies from the El Paso County Sheriff's Office arrived at Letitia's house. It had taken them a little longer than they had hoped because it was a busy winter night in Colorado Springs. Well, to be honest, they were probably hopeful that Gannon had returned by that point. But alas, Gannon was still missing. Letitia had reported that at approximately 3.15 p.m., she let Gannon go to a friend's house, but he was to be home by 6 p.m. When 6 p.m. came and went, Letitia said she visited his friend's houses to check for him. Then, at some point, Letitia sent her daughter, Harley, to go to a nearby park to search for Gannon, thinking, you know, maybe he just got delayed. 
Deputies asked Letitia if anything else was missing, and Letitia reported that Gannon's Nintendo Switch was also MIA. The deputies asked Letitia for specifics on what friends she visited searching for Gannon, and Letitia could not recall. So deputies asked to search the residence, and Letitia invited them in. They did a cursory look at the house and Gannon's room, and nothing seemed out of place. It was winter in Colorado, and as reported by Letitia, when Gannon left the house, he was only wearing kind of like a lightweight jacket. This was very concerning because as the sun set, it would be getting cold. A missing persons investigation was launched, but, and this is a big but here, Gannon's disappearance was being treated as a runaway. Of course, runaway or missing, they needed to find Gannon and the police were not afraid to ask the public for help. Al Stock, Gannon's father, was immediately notified that Gannon was missing. And when he got wind that Gannon was considered a runaway, he was like, hell no, Gannon would not run away. And with that, the local community got together and launched massive search parties. It was all over the media. Everyone was looking for Gannon. This community was really invested in finding the young boy. The search parties included hundreds of volunteers, law enforcement, firefighters, and of course, members of the military came out to help find Gannon. The search involved the use of drones, aircraft, ATVs, horses, and even underwater sonar. Law enforcement created a tip line and hundreds of tips poured in. Even bogus tipsters who were requesting ransom in exchange for Gannon. These turned out to be frauds, which of course cost precious time. The day after Gannon was reported missing, the major crime detectives took over the case and began working with numerous outside agencies. Gannon's dad, Al, was immediately returned home from his mission to assist in the search for his son. The interesting thing is that according to the affidavit, Al left the family home and spent the night of January 25th in Denver. On Sunday, January 26th, Al flew out and Gannon went missing that very next day, Monday. When Al returned to Colorado Springs, he was very cooperative with the investigators and they wanted to know everything that happened up to the point of his son's disappearance. Al reported that on Sunday, Letitia told Al via text that Gannon had an upset stomach. By Monday morning, Letitia texted Al and said that she was going to take the day off to stay home with Gannon. Later that afternoon at around 3.55 p.m., Al texted Gannon to check up on him and that text message went unread until 7.40 p.m. Al told investigators that something weird happened that day. It was weird because when Letitia picked him up from the airport the morning after Gannon went missing, she was driving a rental car. It was a Kia Rio. She told him she rented the car because she didn't want to put miles on her leased vehicle. Hmm, that's weird. Police believed Letitia was acting weird. She wasn't remembering where she went to search for Gannon, and why would Gannon stay home from school sick and then be allowed to play with his friends after 3 p.m.? And why the hell the rental car? Well, police were finally going to ask Letitia some questions away from the madness of her house when she agreed to come in to make a voluntary statement on Wednesday, January 29th. Her interview was scheduled for 10 a.m., but Letitia didn't show up at 10. She didn't show up at 11. She showed up a whopping two hours late at 12 p.m. And when she pulled her Volkswagen Tiguan, which is her leased car, into the parking lot, it was wet. Just left a car wash wet. On its face, getting a car wash seems innocent. But getting a car wash right before a police interview, when your stepson went missing less than 48 hours ago, seems sus. 
So let's get to this interview. When Letitia showed up to the interview, she was carrying some notes. Notes, which I might add, she frequently referred to throughout the course of the interview. But that's neither here nor there. During this voluntary interview, Letitia's story about what happened two days earlier drastically changed. According to her story, Gannon had never left the house to go to a friend's house. Gannon had actually been abducted from inside his bedroom by a construction worker by the name of Eduardo. Bear with me. According to the affidavit, this is what Letitia said happened. Letitia said that on Sunday, January 26, Gannon had knocked a lit candle onto the carpet and burned the carpet. Letitia needed to find someone to repair the carpet, and she remembered all of the residential construction workers she often passed on her way home, and she decided to go ask one of them if they could repair the carpet. She got into her car and drove around town until she found a man named Eduardo who was working on a house. She asked Eduardo if he could repair a carpet, and he said yes. She gave him her address and told him to swing by the house on Monday. She said she'd likely be out running errands, but that he had her permission to enter the house through the garage. She then gave this man that she'd known for all but two minutes the code to her garage. The following day, Letitia returned home from her errands around 2.30 p.m., She disarmed her security system and went into the basement. That's where she saw Eduardo. But instead of meeting a nice construction worker repairing her carpet, Eduardo pointed a gun at Letitia and attacked her. A little after 3 p.m., Eduardo and Letitia heard the upstairs exterior door open, and it was eight-year-old Lena returning from school. Eduardo didn't want to hurt Lena, and not wanting to raise any suspicions, he allowed Letitia to go up and greet her. Letitia ran upstairs and hurriedly told Lena to go ride her bicycle. Letitia then returned downstairs, where according to her, the attack by Eduardo continued. During the attack, Letitia told investigators that Gannon leaped onto Eduardo's back to save her, but Eduardo was so strong that he threw Gannon off his back and across the room. Then Eduardo proceeded to rape Letitia for an hour. During that hour, Letitia believed that she must have hit her head because according to her, she blacked out. When Letitia came to, Eduardo was pointing a gun at her and demanded she get him a suitcase. She gave him a suitcase and a cardboard box for some reason, and then Eduardo attacked her again. She said he tried to rape her again. She hit her head and blacked out. When Letitia came to a second time, Eduardo and Gannon had vanished. Letitia told investigators that she didn't know what came over her, that at that point when she came to, she cleaned up the scene of the attack. She doesn't know why she cleaned it up, she just did. After hours of listening to Letitia's new story, the detectives were baffled. What in the world was going on here? After talking to detectives just a little bit longer, Letitia was like, yeah, I wanna leave. But before she could leave, there was just something detectives had to do. Persuadent to a warrant, They confiscated her phone and seized her Volkswagen. Simultaneously, detectives were waiting on a search warrant to get Letitia's DNA. But wait, while Letitia was basically in a holding status, Letitia started physically acting weird. She started shoving tissues in her pants and complained of chest pain and shortness of breath. Authorities immediately called the paramedics and they rushed over. At first, Letitia was answering all of their questions. But during her transport to the hospital, while under the watchful eyes and ears of investigators, Letitia was unresponsive to the paramedics. And by unresponsive, I mean 
that she was not talking. And wouldn't you know it, when Letitia arrived at the hospital, according to an arrest affidavit, Letitia Stock miraculously recovered from whatever the hell she had at the police station. By the time they were at the hospital, the warrant for her DNA had been signed and they seized Letitia's DNA. Investigators offered Letitia a rape kit since she had just reported a brutal rape at her house less than 48 hours earlier, but Letitia declined. Instead, when no one was looking, she checked herself out of the hospital and was picked up by an unknown person and reunited with her biological daughter, Harley. Before I go any further, I need you to know that investigators did look into Letitia's claim of rape by a man named Eduardo. They also looked at her allegation that this Eduardo character kidnapped Gannon. Through Letitia's own security system, which detects when a door is opening and shutting and also has a motion sensor, and through neighborhood surveillance footage, and through Letitia's use of her cell phone during the alleged attack, it was determined that Letitia's new version of events were false. Hi, everyone. For anyone who follows me on Instagram, I recently posted a picture of me with my kiddos at Disney in front of the Disney castle. But I posted it because my shoulders were looking on fire, defined, toned, and overall just pleasant to look at. So many of you asked me in my DMs for my secret. And of course, my secret is 4 a.m. workouts. But I get the oomph to wake up at 4 a.m. and work out from my pre-workout drink called Energy Explosion. My pre-workout powder was created by world-renowned fitness guru Natalia Melofit. I have been following Natalia for many years now. And in fact, after my second C-section, I hired her as my fitness trainer. And she also helped me postpartum with my third C-section as well. So when she came out with a pre-workout supplement that didn't cause any of the jitters and the crashing, I knew I needed to try it. Energy Explosion helps with energy and it keeps me going all through the morning hours. Because I take it first thing in the morning, which is when I choose to work out, I no longer require that morning cup of joe. This pre-workout has nootropic ingredients, which significantly help me personally with mental clarity and focus. Which listen, when you're juggling what feels like hundreds of tasks a day, it truly does help. And guess what? My listeners are getting 15% off your order. What? Yes, please. If you're ready to get the pump without the jitters, visit mbodysup.com and enter my code MAMAMARGO at checkout for 15% off your order. That's M as in Mike, body, sup as in Sierra, uniform, papa, papa, dot com. Add energy explosion to your car and use my code MAMAMARGO, that's M-A-M-A-M-A-R-G-O-T for 15% off. Enjoy. And when you use it, please DM me so we can talk about your workouts. By this point, you might be wondering, who is Letitia Stock? Well, we don't know much, but this is what I do know. Letitia Stock was born Letitia Leanne Harden on August 4th, 1983. She has one biological daughter by the name of Harley, who was 17 years old at the time of Gannon's disappearance. Letitia was a teacher by trade. As reported by ABC 15 News, Letitia worked for the Horry County School System in South Carolina from November 2010 through June of 2015. She spent some time working as a paraprofessional and eventually a special education teacher. At some point, Letitia resigned. Letitia eventually worked as a social studies teacher at Palmetto Middle School from 2015 through 2016. But in May of 2016, 
Her certification was suspended because it was reported that Letitia filed, quote, unsubstantiated claims of harassment and retaliation. And the state board found that Letitia breached her contract by engaging in unprofessional conduct, willfully neglecting her duty and failing to comply with the provisions of her contract, end quote. In addition to the above, while these are only misdemeanor offenses, Letitia had also been involved in communicating a threat and the unauthorized use of a motor vehicle. Letitia married Al's stock and together they had a blended family. Al brought his two children into the marriage, Gannon and Lena, and Letitia brought her 17-year-old daughter into the marriage. Al was a member of the Colorado National Guard. The family of five lived in a ranch-style home in Lorson Ranch on Mandan Drive in Colorado Springs. While the house was ranch-style, there was a fully finished basement level that included two bedrooms, a full bath, and a utility room. And this is the level where Gannon's bedroom was located. This will become important for our story in just a few moments. So who is Gannon? Gannon was born on September 29, 2008 in Horry County, South Carolina, to his mother, Landon Hyatt, and father, Al Stock. Gannon has been described as being a smiley type of kid, always happy, just the kind of kid who wants to hang out and have a good time. He was obsessed with his Nintendo Switch and he loved Sonic. At the time of his disappearance, Gannon was in the fifth grade at Grand Mountain Elementary. Let me take you back to the day that Letitia left the hospital, two days after Gannon went missing. After Letitia checked herself out of the hospital, Letitia's aunt rented her a vehicle. It was a 2020 Nissan Altima. Authorities knew Letitia was now driving this new vehicle, and they got authority to put a GPS tracker on the Nissan, and this would really prove to be helpful for the investigation. The very next day, on January 30th, Gannon's case was officially upgraded from runaway status to missing and endangered. The public had been concerned from the beginning about Gannon's whereabouts, but now they wanted to know why the case was upgraded, and authorities mentioned that it had been a few days now. Gannon was so young, and Gannon apparently had to take some form of medication. So all of this combined made them even more concerned for Gannon's safety. After this information was released, days went by without much new information being released to the public. But behind the scenes, the police were using everything they could to find Gannon. But by now, they were focusing all or at least most of their efforts on Letitia as a suspect, even though they hadn't publicly named her as a suspect and Letitia was still out there being Letitia. On February 2nd, 2020, Letitia's neighbor, Roderick Drayton, came forward to the FBI and he presented surveillance video evidence from his house that showed movements to and from Letitia's house on the day Gannon went missing. According to the Daily Mail, Drayton has his own son who often rode his bicycle around the neighborhood. And weeks or days before Gannon went missing, his son had mentioned a suspicious vehicle in the area who appeared to be watching the kiddos. So when Drayton found out that Gannon was missing, he looked at his home security footage to see if he spotted any suspicious cars. Instead, he spotted something else. And Drayton's surveillance video is the good kind of surveillance. It is constantly recording and it is even equipped with sound. Well, according to Drayton, after reviewing the surveillance video at home, it appeared that Gannon left with his stepmom the morning of January 27th. But when Letitia returned hours later, Gannon was not present. By this point, authorities have this information. 
and authorities are already stuck on Letitia. But the question remains, where the hell was Gannon? Of course, they wanted to do a thorough search of the home. And from the time that Al returned home until days later, the investigators searched the stock house at least five times. And the evidence they found inside the home, particularly in Gannon's room, was telling. According to an arrest affidavit, crime scene analysts searched the home. And with the use of luminol, it revealed traces of blood in the following areas of the home. It revealed blood in Gannon's room, in the hallway leading to the utility room, in the actual utility room, in the staircase leading up to the main level, in the pathway leading to the garage, and in the garage. Al noted to the investigators that Gannon's bed was not in its usual location. And when investigators removed the seemingly clean sheets from Gannon's bed, the mattress was soaked in blood. In fact, there was so much blood that it had soaked down to the carpet beneath the bed, the carpet pad, and all the way down to the concrete. Near the bed was an electrical outlet that appeared to have been wiped. When they removed the outlet cover, there was blood underneath. Investigators even found carpet cleaning brushes in the dishwasher that had been run through the cycle. In Letitia's bedroom, they found a 9mm Smith & Wesson handgun on top of a tall dresser. All of this pointed to the possibility that something horrendous happened to Gannon inside the home. But what? By early February, authorities had interviewed all of the people in the stockhouse. They had checked everyone's work schedules to corroborate everyone's whereabouts. They had forensically analyzed Letitia's phone. They also forensically analyzed Letitia's Volkswagen. And they pulled the GPS information from the Volkswagen and they learned quite a bit about Letitia's movements the day that Gannon went missing. Because they were also tracking all of Letitia's movements while she was driving her Nissan rental, they were able to piece together the following. First, let's talk about Letitia's phone. On the same day that Al left Colorado Springs for his military duties that Saturday, Letitia was on Google looking up ways to find military singles. She also searched other things, and here is a sampling of what she searched. Quote, I'm overdoing all of the work for my stepkids and their mom doesn't help. Quote, mom advice from stepmom. Quote, if you are involved in your kid's life, you are shitty. Quote, my husband's ex-wife does nothing for her kids. Quote, find me a rich guy who wants me to take care of his kids. Aren't those the oddest searches? I mean, at this point, it sounds like Letitia needs a therapist, not Google. But let's see what else she was Googling. The next day, Letitia Googled some other bizarre things like, quote, it's crappy some parents don't care for their kids or buy them presents. Quote, parents are those who put their kids before their nails. A little after midnight on January 27th, Letitia Googled, quote, my son burned the carpet. How do I fix it? Quote, will humidifier help if exposed to smoke? Quote, Colorado law for kids staying at home. Quote, son is sick, but I have to go to work. End quote. At 4.37 a.m., Letitia texted her boss and told her that her stepfather died after getting hit by a car, so she'd have to take the day off. Three minutes after sending this lie, Letitia googled, quote, suede repair for sofa, end quote. Later that morning, Letitia let Gannon's school know that he would be out for the day, and the school annotated Gannon as an excused absence. That morning, eight-year-old Lena went to school and Harley clocked in at her job at Massage Envy at 8.30 a.m. This left Letitia and Gannon at home alone. At some point that morning, Letitia snapped a picture of Gannon laying in bed, 
And right next to him was his Nintendo Switch, which, by the way, has never been located that we know of. At 10.16 a.m., a neighbor's home security camera captured Letitia and would appear to be Gannon leaving their house and entering Al's car, a Nissan Frontier, and the vehicle took off. The surveillance video is continuous, as I mentioned earlier. That morning, investigators noted that Letitia left her phone at home. It was locked at 9.56 in the morning and was not unlocked until 2.45 p.m. This struck the investigators as odd, as Letitia was an avid phone user. Gannon's phone was, however, in the Nissan Frontier. That morning, about 20 minutes after leaving the house, Harley received a text from Gannon's phone informing her that Tisha left her phone at home and if she needed to reach her, she should text Gannon. Using surveillance footage, investigators are able to piece the following together. Letitia drove to a Petco located on North Nevada Avenue, about 22 miles from her house, a roughly 30-minute or so drive. Letitia walked into the Petco alone and checked out at 11.22 a.m. For two hours, we, the public, don't know what Letitia did. But at about noon, Al texted Gannon to check on him. 80 minutes later, Al received a message from Gannon's phone. It read, quote, can I play Zelda at least, end quote. Al replied, not today. Then at 1.22 p.m., one minute after the Zelda text, Letitia was captured on the Petco surveillance camera again. 20 minutes later, Gannon's phone Googled, quote, can my parent find my phone if it's off, end quote. Due to the punctuation used in this Google search, police actually believe Letitia conducted this search due to the way that she used punctuation. It was very similar to how she Googled things on her phone. At around 2.19 p.m., home security footage showed Letitia's car arriving at her house. The surveillance video is a bit far, and while it is crystal clear that Letitia exited the vehicle, it's unclear whether Gannon exited the frontier at all. And I will say that I have seen this video, and it's possible that someone got out the car on the other side. But according to the homeowner who saw the video, the video had audio as well, and you could not hear another car door open or shut. As a quick side note, the frontier was later forensically analyzed, and nothing of significant investigative importance was found. So now we have Letitia and Gannon back at the house. A little less than an hour later at 3.15 p.m., eight-year-old Lena arrived home from school. During her interview, Lena revealed that when she got home, Letitia told her that Gannon was sleeping and she couldn't go see him. Then she instructed the child to go outside and play. An hour later, Harley clocked out of Massage Envy and arrived home by 4.42 p.m. According to reporting on this case, Harley picked up Lena. It's unclear to me why Harley picked up Lena, but a little before 5 p.m., Letitia texted Harley and asked her to pick up a few things from the store. She asked her to pick up trash bags, vinegar, and baking soda. At 6.54 p.m., Letitia Googled the El Paso Sheriff's Office number. A minute later, she dialed 911. The following morning at 4.15 a.m. on January 28th, it's Tuesday now, Letitia was Googling the process for runaway kids, and she was also Googling police steps in runaway cases. 21 minutes after she started this Google search, Letitia was searching online for airline flights. At 5.14 a.m., Letitia started to text the babysitter. The babysitter commented on hearing that Gannon was absent from school the day prior, and Letitia told her that he had to go to the doctor for a stomach thing. Although, side note, 
there's no other mention of him actually ever visiting the doctor. The babysitter asked, quote, where did he say he was at? End quote. And Letitia responded, quote, honestly, I don't keep up with friends. End quote. At 8.30 a.m., less than 12 hours after she formally reported her stepson missing, Letitia drove her Volkswagen to the Colorado Springs Airport short-term parking lot. And then she did the most bizarre thing ever. She rented a 2019 Kia Rio, and 20 minutes later, she instructed her daughter to pull her personal vehicle into the garage. Harley has her own Volkswagen, and that's what Letitia told her to pull into the garage. Then Letitia, fitted in her rental car, picked up her husband from the airport. When Al asked her about the rental car, Letitia simply told him she didn't want to put miles on her leased Volkswagen. When asked where she left her actual car, Letitia lied and told Al that she left it at the school. I'm assuming they then returned home. At 12.57 p.m., Letitia started to Google if Nintendo Switches can be found. That day, investigators returned to the stock home to get a toothbrush with Gannon's DNA. Letitia got real squirrely about that. That same day, Letitia Googled, quote, Carnet Volkswagen, end quote. So break, break. I do not personally own a Volkswagen, so I have no clue why someone would Google search Carnet Volkswagen. So I personally put that into Google, and it turns out that Carnet is something installed in Volkswagens, that keeps the car connected in the same way that your phone keeps you connected to the world. Online, it says, quote, Volkswagen Carnet keeps you connected wherever you go on the road. This feature offers satellite navigation to help you find your destination easier, as well as weather reports, traffic updates, fuel station prices, and more, so you're always prepared for your arrival, end quote. So with that little nugget in mind, it appeared that Letitia was wondering how the carnet in her car tracked her whereabouts. Later that day at 7 p.m., Letitia returned to her parked Volkswagen at the airport. I don't know how she got there. Maybe her daughter dropped her off. In any event, Letitia's next steps are known to the investigators because they used the carnet, I'm assuming, or the GPS in Letitia's Volkswagen to track her movements after the fact. Well, Letitia picked up her Volkswagen at around 7 p.m., and then Letitia drove west until she reached the gas station near Rangewood Drive and Woodman Road. Letitia idled for 10 minutes. Then, according to reporting by KRDO, Letitia left the gas station, hit I-25 heading north to Highway 105 near Monument. Once on Highway 105, she kind of was going in circles. She doubled back, then she went back, then she ended up in a new housing development, then she turned around. By 9.07 p.m., Letitia was back on I-25 heading north. Then she got off Highway County Line Road, traveled to Highway 105, then headed into Douglas County. Letitia was in the vicinity of Highway 105 and South Perry Park Road for quite some time. Then at approximately 9.45 p.m., Letitia left the area. By 10.15 p.m., Letitia had stopped her car near the Starbucks in Briargate, and using the Starbucks Wi-Fi, Letitia communicated with her daughter. It should be noted that another suspicious thing that Letitia did is that she would turn off her cell service on her phone, she would turn off the phone sometimes, or she would put it on airplane mode. Anyway, 30 minutes after making communication with her daughter, Letitia sent the following slightly incoherent message to a detective working Gannon's case. It read, quote, What do you want from me? Because I have nothing. One of your very own leaked to me what you guys are doing. I did nothing and or am being set up. 
I'm not really even sure other than being told that by another blue with El Paso, I was told I couldn't go home to sleep. And on top of that, men were sent to my home with a minor female and she was forced to stay there not to even leave for food. Every conversation that said, even at this moment, I can hear inside. What do you want from me? End quote. Well, none of that makes sense. But just as a reminder, this was all going down the night before that very bizarre meeting with investigators where she was two hours late and she had washed out her car. So the investigator who received this kind of incoherent message responded to Letitia as follows, quote, come in to talk to me. I would just like information to find Gannon, end quote. It was during this exchange that Letitia agreed to go into the station at 10 a.m. the following morning. But the night was not yet over because at 10.50 p.m., Letitia drove to the Massage Envy where her daughter worked. The location was closed, of course. It was almost 11 p.m. Letitia then summoned her daughter to come pick her up, which she did. Letitia left the Volkswagen in the Massage Envy parking lot overnight. Harley drove a Volkswagen Jetta and that car arrived back at Letitia's house at 1.23 a.m. on the 29th of January. So it's now January 29th and Letitia was set to meet with investigators. At 9 a.m., Letitia returned her rental car, the Kia. Harley then drove Letitia back to the Massage Envy to pick up Letitia's Volkswagen. At 11.30 a.m., Letitia was caught on surveillance video taking her Volkswagen through the car wash. Then she went for her interview with investigators. And we know how that went. Recently, I covered two unsolved cases, which I am sure caused you to pause and analyze your inner detective. Well, if you want to hone in on that inner detective, then you need to check out June's Journey. June's Journey is a mobile game that you can play anywhere while connected to Wi-Fi. June's Journey takes you through the main character, June's, adventure to uncover family secrets. Her first task is to uncover the mystery of her sister's death. You will be using your keen eye to spot hidden clues in the immersive scenes that take you across the globe. The scene is set in the 1920s, so it's like going back in time. June's Journey is a hidden object mystery game, and I love playing while waiting for my kids at the bus stop. It allows me to clear my mind from the tasks of the day and to refocus on my mommy duties. What I love about June's Journey is that not only are you searching for objects, but you can join other players online in a detective club. And then you also get to design this luxurious island estate that is all yours. And if you have friends who play, you can gift each other trees, flowers, and other amazing decorative items. Today, I invite you to escape reality and immerse yourself in the world of June Parker. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Go ahead, download June's Journey today. By January 31st, Letitia no longer had her cell phone or her Volkswagen. But remember, authorities had secretly installed a GPS device on the Altima that her aunt rented for her. But wait, before I tell you what happened with the car, here is the audio from a media interview that Letitia did with ABC 11 News on January 31st. I have included the entire clip because it is so bizarre. I just want you to hear it. Again, this was taken by ABC 11 News. Uh, you are... I am Tisha Stout, which is Gannon's stepmother. Mm -hmm. uh, you've been a part of the investigation since the very first time. You were the last person to see him. Is that right? Correct. Uh, 
What What did you see when you last saw them? Well, I'm not allowed to talk about anything with the case. I would more so be willing to talk about how the community needs to have faith and continue to work together and not make these false accusations, like the things that have been said that I've disappeared from the community. I haven't been there to help, but there's lots of reasons behind that. Uh, reasons like death threats, right? Right. Death threats are one of them. My family's getting lots of death threats. We counted over 20 some death threats already. Um, two, my husband's ex-wife is living in our home. And of course, I'm not coming home to do these things and to help with the family when I was kind of like told I couldn't. Um, and then many other things that happened with the El Paso County Police Department, you know, and in doing the investigation, I was told I wasn't complying. And could I elaborate on that? Please do. Yes. So I asked for an attorney during the interview, uh, and I was denied that by them. I was held because they were blocking the door and I was told I couldn't leave and that if I would have touched them, they would have probably, you know, said I still wasn't complying or said I was, you know, trying to run away or something. But during the interview, I asked several times, could I stop the interview? Could I get an attorney? Could I stop the interview? Could I get an attorney? I was denied. I was told I couldn't get nothing to drink. I couldn't go to the bathroom. I mean, it was continuously that my constitutional rights were violated. And that's why you say that they said then you weren't cooperating with the investigation. That's why they said I wasn't cooperating at that time, correct. And why did you ask for an attorney at the time? Well, I asked for an attorney at the time because there was one individual, there was two really good detectives, and so I'm not you know, going to talk bad about detectives, but the tactics they started to get when I would answer questions, they try to, you know, they're detectives, they're supposed to twist, the one main goal is to find Gannon. But during that time, some of those things made me feel uncomfortable the way they were saying things. So I immediately stopped and felt like, felt like an attorney would help me with some of the vocabulary and things like that that I needed help with and understanding some of the things that they were asking. I'm going to shift gears to what has become a huge online presence of people right. obviously trying to do the right thing, mm -hmm. help find Gannon. But at the same time, sometimes it just feels like rumor mongering. Have you seen any of those comments yourself? We have. And see, that's one of the main things we haven't been around in the public eye because we didn't, I didn't want to expose my family to it if all these things were going on. You know, there was comments about Gannon getting pushed off the hike and there was comments about this and that's just not true. I took care of Gannon for the last two years in our home because his mother didn't want to do it. And I would never, never, ever hurt this child. And I know there's some questions out there about, okay, so tell me what happens. That's up to the investigations when they end up letting you guys know. But I've cooperated with them, even to the point that we were held with a gun. And my daughter, a 17-year-old who serves our country in the United States Air Force, who has never committed a crime or done anything wrong in her life, was put in handcuffs over the keys that was in her purse so they could take her car. And they weren't in there. They weren't even in her car, I mean, in her purse. And they were you, in my pocket. You originally didn't even know it was the uh, law enforcement officer? I didn't know it was a law enforcement officer because when he came out, I guess he was putting his jacket on and it, it wasn't necessarily his fault. He was adjusting and happened to catch me, but I saw the gun and I panicked originally and kind of thought, oh gosh, I got the, like, who's this guy? And then once I realized it was the sheriff's office, I was totally okay, but they still had a gun and told me they were going to shoot me. But I was really concerned about my daughter asking why she was being detained in handcuffs and things like that, when that shouldn't even happen for a child. That shouldn't happen for someone who was standing inside of a store shopping because we couldn't have any clothes because all of our clothes were here. If we came here and got clothes, you know, we would be harassed. So she went to purchase some underwear and things like that and was putting the handcuffs in the store, you know, and then brought out with men with guns and there's that that's just not okay you know they could approach me and said hi i'm with el paso county can i please get this instead of the way that it happened it almost feels like to me uh 
like kind of a pitchfork mentality mm -hmm. with people. Almost, do you feel safe in Southern Colorado? Yes, this is a wonderful neighborhood. We picked this neighborhood because it felt like such a great community and the school district's great. And so I really feel safe in Colorado Springs. But then the community seems to have turned, is that true? There's a lot of times that, you know, on the ring app and things like that, we hear of like a burglary every day. And, you know, some of those things you can't always look into and think that it actually happened. You have to, you have to kind of like wheedle it out. But overall, the community is really good at looking out for each other and coming together in times of need. I, I should try and clarify here, not necessarily crime rates, but the way that people are reacting online to rumors about you with this. Oh, oh yes. Wow. The rumors have gotten so bad. Uh, I pretty much have been told at least 10 different ways that these people have these conspiracy theories. I guess they watch a lot of law shows and maybe they have all these theories on how um, Gannon is dead. And that's what they're saying. So I'm like, why are you saying Gannon is dead? He is not dead. We are going to find Gannon. And that's the main goal that we all have, my family has. Just because you haven't seen us, we have that same goal. We've been out searching. My aunt has been out searching. My family has been out searching. We all have been doing that together so that we could protect each other. How does it feel when not only you have a lost child who you are in care of, but then people blaming you for that child not being You know, I... I'm just ready for Gannon to come home. Most importantly, for him to see his family. But second, I am going to be so ecstatic when I'm able to say to people that I hope they have a really sincere apology for all these theories that have came out online, for all the things they said that I have done or people have done. And I just want everyone to know that we're going to find Gannon. And I love him so much. I've helped taking care of him for so long. Can you talk to me a little bit about him? I don't know him. Gannon is so kind and he loves to play video games. That's one of his favorite things. He loves Sonic and Mario and, you know, he's always helpful. And I, he was always so helpful with the dogs around the house and we have two little cute dogs. And he was always like a person I could say, Gannon, can you go do this? And he would do it right away. You know, sometimes with kids, we have to remind them and things like that. And that's okay. But he was so sweet and able to help anyone. He could notice when you're sick and say, are you okay? And such a kind heart. Um, I know you just said that you can't say anything about the investigation, so you can just say so again if you can't answer this, but is there anything we can hear about the hike? Was there a hike? We don't, that just seems like rumors right now. You know what? Um, could we bring, uh, my daughter up here? Cause she can, she can go and say that, you know, she came home from work after the hike and she can verify that Gannon was at our home. Okay. Yeah. That's fine with me. If she doesn't want to, that's okay. But you're allowed that's to fine. Yes. I need Harley. I need Harley. Because they want you to verify was Gannon at home after the hike. Because you didn't go to the hike, but you came home from work. Hmm? Do you want me to just say yes? No, just answer the question. Yes, you, you came home from work and you, ver you can verify Gannon was at home. I told her she didn't have to be too in-depth because she is still, you know, a child. But I want to make sure that someone knows that there's another person to verify that Gannon. Sure. I was just asking about the hike. Yes, so I came home later that evening. I was at work, and I can verify that he was there that night. So there there was a hike that you guys went on, but then you guys came home? Yes. Where'd you guys go hiking? Garden of the Gods. Oh, that's okay. Um, I guess we... And then we ate Burger King afterwards, so, you know. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then it just was, I'm going to go to play at a friend's house. Okay, do it again. And then okay. it was just, uh, I'm off to go to play at a friend's house. Unfortunately, I'm not able to like comment on that anymore. And for that reason is because some things have been turned and twisted. And, you know, that was one of those stories you were talking about where people say things um, 
we had to hear things like who would let their child go out at dark and, and things like that. And that and that's just why I don't want to answer that. Um, if I had to give, I'm not going to say that part. That's okay. Never mind. Right. I could take that out. I understand that it, it gets tricky with yeah. stuff. Do you feel like I asked you what I need to? Do you feel like this is going to help kind of turn the tide of what feels like a witch hunt, in my opinion? I hope. Is, am I on camera now? You are okay. still. Okay. Um, I think that a lot of people can see that I'm not missing and see that I am being cooperative. And But to me, it's okay that they think those things because my the way someone thinks about me, I don't have a problem with that. My main thing is I would never want someone to think that I would hurt Gannon or any of the children in our home because that's just not the case. I've spent my whole entire life working so hard in education. Um, there was even things online that was talking about my education license and I shouldn't even be a teacher. And they just didn't know that. Like we moved on a military move and I didn't finish out my contract. So I gave up my license in that state. Um, it had nothing to do with any criminal activity, you know, or any of those things. And it just got blown out of proportion on my professional status, you know, and do you feel like these are just internet detectives who think they know what they're doing? It definitely is. And you know, here's the thing that kind of saddens me. It's like, if you're going to talk about someone like that and have a witch hunt out for them, why would you even care? Like, about doing those things because this is a child. You're telling me that you're just as mean, you're just as hateful to talk about someone else like that. That's how I feel. Like we just should not, we should all come together and wait until the end and see what happens because Gannon's gonna come home. Any message for Gannon? The message for Gannon I have is, Gannon, when you get here, you'll be able to truly tell what happened. And then I really hope I get a sincere apology from everyone who has made all those things, especially from my husband. We just wanted to add a message to Gannon from my family, is that we love you and miss you, and we hope that you come home soon. And Gannon, I can't wait till you can come home and let everyone know that you're okay. We love you. So, what do you think? Wasn't that weird in the middle where they're talking about Gannon and the community? And Letitia starts talking about how safe Colorado is, and she's really just not understanding the reporter. And what is this thing about a hike? Now there was a hike at Garden of the Gods, and, and then there was Burger King? And wait, you couldn't see the video, but Letitia brought her poor 17-year-old daughter on camera to tell the reporter about the hike. But you may have caught the part where Letitia went back to her daughter. She, I guess she was in a vehicle or something. But her mic is still on and you can clearly hear that Letitia is basically feeding the daughter the information. Oh, boy. One more thing before I get back to the case. This interview is very strange because for reasons unknown to me, maybe it was Letitia's choice or maybe it was ABC 11 News's choice. But during the interview, we can only see the back of Letitia's head. OK, let's move on. Let me refocus us back on the GPS on the Nissan Altima, a.k.a. the car that Letitia's aunt rented for her after she fled the hospital. That GPS proved helpful because detectives determined that, oddly, on January 31st from 4 p.m. to 5.15 p.m., Letitia returned to that area near Highway 105 and South Perry Park Road in Douglas County, where she had spent quite some time a day earlier. Well, after Letitia's 75-minute excursion, Letitia rented another vehicle, 
This time, it was a budget rental van. And on February 1st, Letitia and Harley left Colorado, heading towards Florida in that rental vehicle, the van. Well, well, well. And Letitia just went on the air and said she wasn't missing and she wasn't hiding yet. Here she was on a 24-hour road trip out of town to Florida. What in the world? Well, while Letitia seemed to be running from something, back in Colorado Springs, authorities were searching her Volkswagen with some luminol. And they found something. I will tell you what they found next time on Military Murder. If you want to listen to part two immediately, be sure to check out patreon.com slash military murder. Or if you listen on Apple Podcasts, consider joining my premium channel for access to part two and the entire back catalog of bonus episodes and ad-free episodes immediately. Be sure to follow me on social on Instagram at military murder podcast and on TikTok at military Margot with a T at the end. Military murder was created by Mama Margot Productions. This episode was researched in collaboration with Haley Gray Research and produced in collaboration with my bootcamp and higher fan club members. This month's executive producers are Nicole, Falcon 13, Bob, Alicia, Tina, and Jen. This month's newest associate producers are Abriana, Alba, Erica, Regina, and Christy. This month's newest assistant producer is Nadia. The music was created by Tyaps. Until next time, remember, you never really know what someone is capable of. So remain vigilant always. You have a fabulous week and I'll keep digging to bring you the conclusion of this military murder story next week. Mama's working on her podcast. I don't want to.